Yo, Crayola, what's up, man? What's up, brother? Just splitting off. Dude. And, uh, popped up. Love to hear it, man. Love to hear it, dude. I've had a wild day. I haven't even, I don't even think I've sent out a tweet today. I've been too busy. Um, but I had to keep the spaces streak rolling, so here we are. <laughs> You're a madman. You're a legend, bud. Um, the OG, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Uh, my birds are going to the Super Bowl. My birthday was the other day. Bitcoin's going to 30K. It's a good week, brother. Yes, sir. Dude, tomorrow is going to be a big day. Um, so, yeah, you know, tomorrow should be fun. Hopefully, FOMC coming up. Um, I mean, your birds still have... Let's see. I mean, yeah, birds coming up here in a bit. Like, ha- be honest with me, man. What What do you think the prospects are versus the Chiefs? I'm actually excited. I think it's going to be a really good game. We put up 31 points against the best D in the league, bro. I I was not impressed with the Chiefs or the Bengals. I was rooting for uh, Joe Burrow, but oh well. So you don't I wasn't you don't think a Gimpy Mahomes games, can think... can take y'all down? Ah. Uh... He, you know, he's like Tom Brady, bro. You like he could look so garbage and then just out of nowhere you get the goat. So I don't know. I think we can stop him. I think it's gonna be a good game. Love to hear it, man. Um Smokey, what's up, man? Welcome back. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> good, man. I love your just like super random spaces. I literally like you you were talking in in a space. It's so funny because I literally just closed out a space and then you're like, oh, here's a space. And I literally turned on notifications for you so I could like catch your spaces and hop in when I can, you know. <laughs> Love that, man. Well, I appreciate you joining. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I was saying I, I don't think you were even in the audience yet. I've, I've been so busy today. I haven't even had a chance to send out a freaking tweet, I don't think. But I've done these spaces every single day this month. So I was like, I just kind of wrapped up with everything for the day. So figured that I'd do a quick one real quick um, and, yeah, keep the streak alive. But, dude, I, I don't know if y'all have noticed this or not. For the first time in forever, I was looking up and my ribbon, my bar, the banner thing at the top that has the spaces, it's back. I can actually see what spaces are happening now for the first time in forever. And, dude, there are a lot of spaces that are happening right now. Holy crap, there are one, two, you know, including this one. I see one, two, three, four, five, five other spaces that are happening concurrently to this one right now. It's kind of insane. Oh, bro, it's it's crazy for me because we got a bunch of like NFT people that love to have spaces with like two people in it. So there's literally like 11 spaces like that <laughs> up at the top of mine. Okay, that's the thing. I just got off the wild too. It's crazy, man. It's well, just... 80s, yeah. No, I, I saw you were on the banner when I was scrolling through there a second ago. Yeah, it's nuts, man. The, the amount of content that's being pumped out right now and uh, the connections being made in spaces and all of it, us just having conversations, it's a fucking beautiful thing to witness, man. Okay, here's my thing. It kind of blows my mind because I've been in this isolated bubble where I have not had the banner for so long that I really haven't been able to get a good gauge for how, you know, how these concurrent spaces are happening who all's doing them when they're happening. So I'm excited to see that again, but it's also kind of surprising because it's like, damn, you know, 
like you said, Smokey, this is probably just the tip of the iceberg of what's actually out there right now. It's insane compared to what it used to be even six months or a year ago. There was not this much that was happening up on the banner the last time that I had it. It's not even the bull market yet either, dude. It's going to get it's going to get freak nasty real quick. Well, that's my thing. They're really going to have to figure out how to organize this shit before the bull market hits, right? Like, I, I that, that's one thing I really wish they had. Like, I wish they had more of a clubhouse type interface where you could scroll through and find this stuff and categorize it a lot better. Because if you want to find a space, say on football, right? If you want to talk the Super Bowl coming up. You know, and you want to see what spaces are happening right now regarding that, there's nothing good for it, right? As far as just searching, you know, a topic and being able to find a relevant space. So they're definitely like, because you're right, Crayola, during the bull market, can you imagine how crazy this shit's going to be up here? Dude, it's going to, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And I mean, I, and I'm kind of biased because, you know, we've been grinding in these things. It doesn't matter, bear, bull, whatever. We're we're still here. Uh, and if we're in just an echo chamber, we haven't even busted out of that yet. It's going to be it's going to be crazy, man. Like it's going to be every night. Nobody's going to be sleeping. It's just going to be a cluster on crypto Twitter of just a bunch of DJs. And then like we were talking about the other night, how people are going to pop in and be like, oh, see, I knew. I knew this is what was going to happen. Been grinding every night. Be like, dude, who are you? I, you know, I've never seen you before. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be wild, man. Because I don't think we had that like twenty, you know, twenty 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 one spaces had just started. You had Clubhouse like popping up, and you had all these different avenues. And now that we've kind of been in this for a year, year and a half, it's going to be fun, but also crazy to see what a true bull market looks like in spaces. All right. It definitely is going to be. I mean, we're we're going to see things ramp up here. I think as a uh, Bitcoin accelerates, Smokey, what you got, man? You know, I I've been speaking with a lot. Like, I host a lot of spaces, and I've been speaking with a lot of different people about like what where what the future is, right? Because I agree with you guys. Like, like think about it when the bull run is here, and there's ten times more people in the market, and then there will be probably like ten times or even more people in spaces. Like it's it's gonna get absolutely insane, and then we're we're having all of these Web two brands come in, and I've I, I like I've been talking to this this one lady. She's like the head, uh, the lead of branding at Polygon, and I, I'm gonna like kind of chat with her about this, but and see what her thoughts are. But my my thinking is that one way for these big brands to come into the web three space will be through spaces, right? They're going to, they're going to enter through these content creators or like spaces hosts. And I think spaces are the technology is going to get developed quite a bit to be much more friendly than it is now. Cause it's honestly pretty terrible comparatively to like Twitch or clubhouse or some of these other places where like, I don't know, but I think that that is, is going to be, you know, something that's, that's going to come. And, and the people that have built these like massive audiences, like they're really going to be able to capitalize because I mean, do you know how much money these web two brands spend on these low, like, like low value, like YouTube ads where the conversion rate is probably horrendous, you know, comparatively to this, like on spaces, it's an engaged audience the whole time. Like maybe, maybe they're not like talking about the brand a whole lot, but they're like, Hey, it's sponsored by so-and-so. 
So it's always in the back of their mind, this completely engaged audience that this is sponsored by Target or whatever, right? So I think that that type of a future is, is pretty exciting. And, and uh, I mean, if, if you guys are wanting to build up a space, like, honestly, it's like, it's not that hard, man. You just go and speak on a lot of spaces, host some spaces, build up an audience, and then be prepared for that sort of thing, you know? But uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Hey, question for you, Kaleo. So I know that in the past, like you've done some uh, spaces where you've had to talk about, so this space is being, you know, like you, you'll basically have a sponsorship for it. What is, what is that like? You know, for somebody like me that's never done something like that, what is that process like? You just have to give them like a shout out for sponsoring you or, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I think it depends on whoever you talk to. Like if you do a sponsored space, it's whatever you get like, you know, the majority of ones that I, I do, like I'll just pin a tweet up top um, and then I'll talk through a little bit of content somewhere at the beginning, then, you know, somewhere either in the middle or toward the end, um, you know, nothing too crazy. And my thing too, is like, you know, if I'm going to partner with anybody, it's got to be a natural fit, like, you know, something that I actually use, you know, unfortunately FTX was one of those, um, <laughs> but, um, you know, so rare, so rare, like I, I actually really do like playing the so rare shit. So, um, you know, I, like that's an easy one, but I, I know there are a lot of like, dude, there are so many other opportunities. Like, honestly, if I really wanted to, I could go through my DMS and I could have a sponsored space like every single day easily. Um, it's just a matter of one, I'm too lazy, but two, you know, there are a lot of things out there that just, I don't think really align with what I align with fully. So, um yeah you know like but i think what smokey was talking about though wasn't even necessarily doing that type of sponsorship i think he was talking about how like the way that twitter could easily monetize this content similar to a twitch type format where you just run an ad somewhere at the very beginning right before they can enter onto it it's like oh okay yeah here's an interesting space you know but you've got to listen to 15 seconds of ad space or 30 seconds of ad space 30 would be too much but like 15 seconds of ad space before you hop on. Um, I think that would be, and then from there you could even do a little bit of a profit share type thing, but yeah, Smokey, what's up? Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't remember what space this was on. I, I think it was on a thread guy space and, and there was some, there's some pretty like, you know, like this, uh, head of branding at like Nike or something. And, and there's some people in the space and we were kind of talking about this and somebody mentioned that they went to a space that dr oz was hosting i don't you know and and they were just saying that you know here's this big tv personality that comes in hosts a twitter space and halfway through the show he's just like hey i'm gonna take a break uh and then just for two minutes there's like a commercial and then he comes back and uh he's like yeah i'm just gonna go take a coffee break that we're gonna like hear from our sponsors and it's just like oh that's so smart you know, like to structure it like that. Like, how cool is that? Like, man, that's, I don't know. Like, it's just cool to see somebody that that's like, you know, that professional in, in, in that type of an industry come in here and, and to see what their technique is. Oh, I like that. That's interesting. 80s, what's up, man? I was going to say that there's been a lot of content creators out here that have been kind of promoting lately what Elon has been kind of gearing Twitter up to ultimately monetize what we are doing up here and 
I've actually, to your point, Smokey, I've seen some spaces outside of our ecosystem that a lot of people are starting to come in and utilize spaces. A lot, a lot of prominent people, a lot of people that are are influencers in other areas. But you've also seen Elon Musk on spaces before, and I think that brings uh, a, another attention to this area of communication. And once he starts setting up monetization for tips and content creators to gain those sponsorships from web two brands, you're going to start seeing an entirely new user experience as well to utilize this platform. And I think that's coming really soon, man. Yeah. It's actually kind of crazy too, eighties. Um, but not like seriously, like six, seven months ago, I'm on spaces with like Shaquille O'Neal. He like pops in for soul spaces and stuff all the time. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, freaking nuts, dude. Well, when, when he was paid, he it, did. <laughs> well, it's his project, his Astros or whatever that he has. No, it's not his project. I mean, he, he was the face of the project. Yeah. yeah, yeah was yeah. it his project, though? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, but the point of it is, is it brings the conversation right here, right there. You don't have to go and, and, and go through any other hoops. You can hop on stage and listen to somebody or interact with somebody as a speaker much more easier than you've ever been able to really do in history with the access that Twitter has provided with spaces. Nah, exactly, man. DOG, what's up? I just wish they'd make like an actual way for people to talk on like their desktop because people are using this as like an actual podcast platform, sort of. I just wish that there was an easy way it's to coming. Uh, it's coming. get like high quality stuff. I'm running an Android emulator right now just so I can listen and talk on my computer. It's ridiculous. No, that's funny. Um, B-Ways, welcome up to the stage. How are you doing this evening, sir? My man. Absolutely wonderful. I'm back in the bar, um, as you might expect. Uh, no, well, great. Wonderful. How's, uh, how's it going tonight? I'm trying to... I'm on a mission today. I'm trying to convince Fader Holes, the broker player, who's already a stunk holder, by the way, to, um, to use some of his proceeds on a very successful poker journey, it seems, and reinvest into the stunks. So, um, I, I don't know. Maybe Dude, I, I hit him up. Let's go. I hit him up I, today to do that, too. Let's go. Hey, I, I think he, you know, he's somebody that could do it. Yeah, <laughs> good, yeah. Fedor, Fedor likes the stunks. I mean, I, I'll say this. I never once said anything to Fedor directly, and, you know, he, he tweeted out about the stonks himself before. So, and he told me, too, I was like, yeah, you know, awesome. Well, welcome. And he's like, who says this is my, you know, these are my first stonks. So, he's apparently held them for a while, and I just had no idea. Um, yeah, I love that. What, what, what's, he, what's, he, uh, what, what's his current position right now? To be honest, I haven't checked. Maybe the, someone else knows here, but he, you, he must have I don't multiple. know position. But last one I saw was 300K on the table. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. I know he said it was a $5 million uh, pot. Or $5 million for first place, I think. So don't don't even have me start throwing out poker terms because I'm going to F everything up. <laughs> so I can't uh, – yeah, I'm just going to make myself look like an idiot because I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I can follow. Like, if I'm watching, I'll follow it. But I, you know, it'll be like bringing, 
you know, I'm I, never mind. I'm not going to be sexist and go down the sports route and make some bad comparisons and have this recorded and clipped. And I'm just not going to do that. But I think y'all know some of the analogies that I could have used there. Um, and before I dig myself into a deeper hole, let's go ahead and move on. Since I have been MIA basically all day from the world of Twitter what did I miss? What was the big news to drop today? I feel like everything's kind of just, yeah, you know, waiting on FOMC tomorrow, waiting on the Fed. Um, you know, hey, market bounce back where, you know, where we said it was going to bounce back yesterday. So that's good. You know, everything's so far looking pretty good there. But did I miss anything too crazy? I don't care if it's NFTs, market, whatever else. I mean, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, well, so Kramer, Jim Kramer is long. So you'll be afraid to hear that. And Michael Burry is is short, so it's kind of the double whammy. So that's a, that's a bad news here. Um, well, I mean, Michael Burry is always short. They're, like, I don't think there's ever been a day that Michael Burry has not been short. Always short. Yeah, yeah so. but, but he's short. He's short, he's short while Kramer is long. That, that, I think that is the double whammy. Well, but I mean, again, like, Burry being short used to be a meme in, in and of itself. Like, he's one of those guys that was short Tesla all the way up. And, like, this is tough for me to say with the adjusted prices. So, I've got to go to the chart real quick. I think he was short Tesla from, like, $35 all the way up to about $400. Um, You know, at least that's what he said that he was. And then, you know, he'll claim clout when it starts to go back down. So, like, how much clout can you give a person for saying oh yeah like you know it eventually did kind of crash but it didn't even crash back to the level that you started shorting from you know that you started releasing this bearish sentiment so can you claim clout for that i'm gonna give it a no that's funny because you can go a few ways i was gonna say it's funny because i um i shorted not quite as early as um michael did on Tesla, but too early, which I think Tesla was at 500 bucks, 600 bucks at the time, which is, I don't know what it is now. Um, probably that was 80. probably pre-split. Yeah, pre- pre-split. No, no, it was definitely pre-split. It was definitely pre-split. I can't remember what the split was, but um, maybe 2X was uh, what Michael Burry went short at. So I, maybe I, I sympathize too much with it because of my own mistake. Well, market cap-wise, it was crazy to watch. As you compare it to Ford, it'd be like 20X what Ford's market cap was. Um Oh god, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say, um, you think Michael Burry is just addicted to shorting? He's like chasing that that high from two thousand eight. Yeah, I think so. Hey, let's talk about this too, though. Kramer, right? I gotta believe that he knows that people make fun of him for when he makes calls, so he already knows the counter trade himself. I gotta believe that he's saying that, knowing that we're all gonna react the way we do but he's actually playing it the right way. And, like, he's saying, oh, you know, I'm going long. Did you see him cry when he talked about the meta earnings report? (laughs) I don't know. I I thought what you were saying was right, and then I saw his tears on national television. I'm like, "Ah, you know, he's maybe actually probably following through with some of these calls. Uh, that's That's true. That's a good point. No, but you got to think next level, man. You got you got to think that I'm already thinking. This is a great thought, by the way. Like I'm, I do believe that Kramer is doing that already. But you got to think next level, right? So if Kramer is doing this, you got to think if Kramer is long, 
you're going to be short. So I'm long as well. So I'm pro Kramer at this point. Like you got to go next level. Well, there's got to be a point, you know, KSI even had this for a minute um, where eventually, you know, maybe you're right, Nick, where you think one thing, but you're so you finally buy into the fact that everybody's fading you and the opposite of what you do is right. So maybe he is finally at that point. And maybe he actually is short, but he's saying that he's long be, to try to fade himself. So that could be it. Because eventually, I don't care one way or the other, like, you can only be so perfectly terrible for so long, right, before that streak finally ends and you get one right. So I think he's due. You know, if he's long, I think he's due. You know, this is not my bias playing into it whatsoever. Uh, like zero bias involved in this. I think Kramer's right this time. It is pretty impressive when a guy gets it either right or wrong 90% of the time. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's me every time I buy a top. I'm like, how do I hit that perfectly on the day within the hour, but I can't catch a bottom to save my effing life? Just do the opposite of whatever you feel like. I remember KSI coming on it and saying that. That was funny. Gloating about being a bear. Oh, yeah. Smokey, that was probably my best Twitter space that I ever had. The funniest was it, it was like a KSI Carol Baskins combo. That was a funny, funny day. It was amazing. Man. That was amazing. I, I, I remember that one. It was like I could not believe it happened. I was like, it was there live. I was like, Carol Baskin, the pining on. Oh, bro, there I think for Marcus. a bit. You have to think about this. It, this was back in May, right? So in May, NFT stuff had just cooled down. I think she had an NFT project. Um, so, you know, Carol Baskin follows me. And she actually, here's the cool thing. She didn't even come up and chill her shit on stage. She was just talking, you know, like I, I actually really respected that. And I was tempted to ask her, you know, the typical Carol Baskin questions, but I held off, I think, for better judgment. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, she would just hang out in the audience actually for about a solid month. And then I think NFTs and the market was down long enough. She gave up. So she'll be back. Yeah. Carol was bidding 28 K. She's probably looking for her husband. Dude, I mean, he might be in one of these spaces, um, for all, all we know. But then again, <laughs> I mean, we Dude, have to I, know where he is. Nope. Yeah, no, no, yeah, the, the first one, yeah, whatever, whatever, second or third. Um, I guess that should have been a top signal again as well, right? I mean, May was like, well, top a signal, top signal that was after everything already dumped, B ways. I know, but that, that's also when the kind of crypto boy song came out. Maybe that was like kind of the. I know that everyone thought it was a top signal or it was already kind of in the downtrend, but people still had believe in May. Yeah. <laughs> it was not over yet. It was not over yet. It was not over, and some signs should have given us the final, the final push. Uh, you know, even the Crypto Boy song. I mean, the Crypto Boy song. Like, I think it was more of a bottom thing than a top thing. Honestly, like, did we go lower? Yes, but I mean, still, it, like the entire song was just shitting on people in crypto. There was nothing positive about it i mean i guess you had the little choruses or the verses i guess whatever the hell it is i I don't know music where the um you know where the guys were talking and giving their rebuttals and you know they were okay it was pretty catchy 
But again, what did it do? It was all bearish on anybody involved in crypto. It wasn't like, you know, the, the real top signal, B-Ways, the real top signal, Randy, mother effing Zuckerberg. Like, the Zuck alien attack on the metaverse Whenever she started coming out and doing things, I mean, first off, the wag me video that she did, like, the we're all gonna make it. Yeah! Like, no. Um, that was one. And I think you can even go back and pin it on multiple charts, on multiple everything, exhaustion across the market. Like, that was obvious. And I think everybody even said it was obvious at the time. But even when you have obvious top signals at the top, like, it's tough to act on them. So that was one. But, I mean, do you remember even later on that year, I think, after things started to dip a little bit, the video that's even cringier to me than the We're All Gonna Make It one was whenever she started trying to make the term whitelist, you know, a politically correct thing and change it to my community only does hug lists. Like what? Like what? What world is a hug list something that anybody wants to be on? Like that sounds like a pedophile. Like you know, gravit. Like no, no, no. Like there is zero world. Maybe like if, if this is like a Teletubbies promotional, whatever. Like sure, a hug list that makes sense. But any other project. Any other project, a mother effing hug list? Like, in what world do you think that is normal and acceptable? Like, I'm sorry, that that is something that still gets to me. It sounds like you didn't make the hug list to me. That's that's what, no, that's what I will say. No, he got rugged. To... <laughs> Dude, that's, that's like me. Yeah, that's like me saying. That's like me saying. Like, start my own project. Be, you know, being Mr. Mr. Crayola or Mr. Crayon, being like, all right, kids, now reach in the crayon box, pick out your favorite color. You know, you sound a little bit too experienced with that, Crayola. Are you? No, nah, I've been, I been am... married, been married for six years, man. I, I know my, I know my, my lane, man. <laughs> What's up, eighties? It sounds like he's next to a lion. I don't know. It sounds like something's roaring. Well, We've got Crayola next to a lion, B-Ways, you know, in a tub of crickets. Um, <laughs> earlier, it sounded like you had the blinker on. Um, <laughs> yo, Smokey, are you with B-Ways right now? Hey, yo. <laughs> I didn't want to give it away, but yeah. You know, like, this may sound ignorant, but B-Ways, I honestly didn't know there were crickets in Miami. And, and There's iguanas in Miami, brother. I've just never really thought of associating crickets with Miami. And, I, I, you know, kind of an ignorant take. Crickets are probably just about everywhere that is not incredibly freezing cold. Um, no, I don't think there's any crickets here, to be honest. Switch and drop. I think it's just the quality of my headphones. I'm, I'm, a, I'm at a bar, so I'm nervous. So... Yeah, I don't see any crickets here. T T's in the crowd. He's a, actually a uh, cricket farmer. He's like a, a world renowned expert on it. You should bring him up here and <laughs> pick his brain on fucking crickets. Absolutely true. It's actually true. Please, T, come tell us about crickets. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right, T. While we get T up here, 
Smokey, I want to hear what else is going on in the world today that I missed out on. Catch me up. I, I want to hear it. You're in all these spaces grinding. What have we missed? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Luke Trades, but uh, he is a guy that has been doing some charting, and uh, he's been blowing up lately. It's crazy. He's getting like dude's getting like 500 followers a day it's absolutely insane and uh yeah he's just really fun and uh we actually got him into the utes community and uh so we we started up this little thing that we're doing and uh, it's going to be coders uh twitter growth which will, will will be handled by me like you know engagement building your account uh trading uh and then video content creation so it's all people within the d gods and utes community to to learn those skills so yeah it's pretty cool man it's it's uh we're just kind of trying to build all the high value web3 skills within the community to then go out and just dominate you know and and it's like the seeds uh early on that that will really grow and pay dividends with uh the type of mentorship that's going to come from that Hey, love to hear it, man. Love to hear the hustle. Um, you know, hey, I, I do want to hear your take on something real quick, though, that I was just thinking about. And I'm sorry, I've got ADHD. I know I realize this. I'm a terrible host. I jump from one thing to the next without even thinking about it. Like, it's a late at night thing. Like, what can I say? So, like, but this has been on my mind also, and I feel like it's something that's starting to reach a little bit of a tipping point. I don't know if it's justified or not. I want to hear everybody's takes, starting with Smokey, then we can work our way around on the open edition craze. You know, is it exhausted? Have we already reached peak exhaustion? And if not, should it be? Like, how do we feel about this? I feel like every single little micro influencer out there right now is trying to drop an open edition and be the next Jack Butcher, and that it's really just a complete drain on the market. Like, I don't think a lot of these are incredibly well thought out, like, because the open edition craze just started, right? So, like, you know, if you're talking about a project, a collection, durability, all the things that usually go into the planning phase of releasing something, like, the majority of open editions don't check those boxes for me. Um, but, okay, I, I am open to this conversation, open to criticism, and, you know, open to whatever, but that is my take. I am going to be up here and say I am against open editions. Um, let's hear other takes. Somebody. <laughs> Smokey, what you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, I honestly, I, I haven't looked too much into the open editions. Um, I, I, I think, like, from what it sounds like, it's, it's like, kind of smaller uh, supply collections, as far as I know. And is, and is it, like, one-of-one one art? that these yeah, guys are doing straight up, it's just straight up one-on-one art that's i mean or like a collection it, it, it's a dumbed down version of just making your own fucking art on the blockchain they just coined the term open edition it's like dude honestly the way i view an open edition i don't even view it really as much of an nft collection as i do like just a pure shit coin because like realistically no, 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 and here's my take like realistically what is the difference between an open edition and like a shit coin that has a supply of 10,000, I guess, other than the fact that you can't fractionalize the open edition, you know, it only has 10,000 pieces that it can fraction, like you can't do a 0.00 or whatever of it. I mean, to me, it's the exact same shit. Like, what is the difference? 
they all share the exact same JPEG. They're all in the, in the exact same bucket with the, like, it's not. Are, I, what's up, Kaleo? I love you. What's up, but man? also, uh, are you, was that a rhetorical question or are you looking for an actual answer? Okay. No, I, I really want, you know, I want people to expand either, you know, feed into this, give me other perspective. I'm open to like learning more and having a real conversation about this. Uh, I, I do respect the hands, so I, I don't want to speak too quickly out of turn, but uh, I do have a point to come back to that if you uh, are open to it. Oh, let's, let's go in here and I'll, I'll go to the hands right after. I never get the chance to have you up here on stage, BGF, so I appreciate having you up here. I will give you a one-time cut pass. And, well, I really, uh, I really only joined the stage to ask when Kaleo Ledge Art Wonky Stonks Open Edition Burn for the Wag Me Pinned Chart Meta. Um, but aside from that, um, I, I do think that there is value in Open Editions. Uh, however, the meta uh, is getting burned by the quote-unquote degen speculators that rotated from speculating on PFPs to speculating on art. Uh, the fundamental value in having an open edition is a more accessible price point uh, for artists' work. Uh, I, I personally view it as like a proof of patronage. And if you view it through that lens, uh, I, I think it was Grant Yoon, uh, who's an incredibly popular artist at the moment, uh, kind of was uh, po posing the idea of, okay, what if he puts out an open edition at 70 ETH, which is the all-time high primary sale of his work right now? If he only sold one of them, is that then fair market value for that work? If he sells two or three, does that make it a cash grab? In my opinion, no. That's what the market is valuing it at. Uh, it's it's an artist putting a, a piece of their work available for sale at a certain price point for a certain amount of time or indefinitely. Uh, and if the market decides to degen gamble on it, uh, I put that on the onus of the, uh, the people buying the work, not the artist. I think it gets into a really gray area when the artist feeds into the FOMO and the hype and the speculative burn mechanisms, this for that and, you know, game for the other and all that kind of stuff uh but fundamentally i think open editions are fine it's a it's a proof of patronage and a, a more except generally more accessible way to approach you know uh, a larger edition for you know somebody that may be inaccessible in price otherwise you know vgf i really appreciate that commentary because i like there are some good points there Right. There are some really, really solid points toward it. And I, I guess at the end of the day, that is the thing. I mean, you're not forcing people to mint these out. Right. Like uh, people are degening them on their own. So at the end of the day, you really are opening up that door to accessibility to be able to collect from an artist at a more fractionalized price point that you may not have had the opportunity to do otherwise with some of these one of one artists. I do see that. And, you know, I think there is some value there. I think that I've just seen it to where it's been a little bit overplayed and it's been taxed. I was going to say, if I, if I look at the other side of it, like, are there plenty of these open editions that are absolutely burnt out that the artist is going to do nothing with? And like, 
have no future value besides collecting a unique token pointing to a picture on the blockchain yeah there are a fucking shit ton of those um but like at the end of the day if if artists like if the fallout of this is that there's a bunch of artists that are winning um i think that you know we we don't get mad when a bunch of people buy the fucking top on a shit coin do we like (laughs) so like how is this much different than that it's it's still like i wouldn't be surprised at all if there's quite a bit of overlap actually um but like all of a sudden we're getting mad at artists for you know making money they they they're bgf here's the question though where do you draw the distinction between artists and just you know somebody grifting onto the trend and i think that's where there is some gray area because there are some some quote-unquote artists that are you know playing into the meta which is a in my opinion, fine. If people are willing to, you know, buy their work, um, I, I get into questionable territory when they start, you know, really, really honing in on like the FOMO and speculation, um, because that's that's where it gets into like a really weird territory of like, is it for the art or it? Are you trying to project it as a financial instrument? And. Uh, I, I'm of the mind that like if the utility is the art and you burn art for more art and uh, you know, it's, it's an accessible and gamified way for the, uh, like the artists to build their audience. Um, like if you look at early nifty gateway days, uh, there were some early uh, it, like open editions on nifty gateway that gave some incredible artists. Like we view them as incredible artists now, but they were practically no names back then. And it gave them uh, an entire new audience that they went on to become these phenomenally, you know, well-respected and, uh, you know, revered artists. Um, But, you know, I I do think that the meta is kind of getting a little fried, in my opinion. Well, I I appreciate that, man. You opened me up a little bit more. To be a little bit more receptive about this, I'm going to go, Raj, I know you had your hand up. I'll give you the chance to speak if you want to first before I kick it over to Crayola. If not, then let me know. Yeah, um, VGF basically just uh, hit the nail on the head there. Um, Only thing I wanted to add to it was I don't think people should blame the artist. Um, In my personal opinion, I've minted, I think, two uh, open editions. Uh, one of them had 16,000 mints. The other one had like 9,000, something like that. Um, I don't think there was a set like supply on it. So like everybody bought it and there was like a burn mechanism where if you buy three of the first ones, you get one of the second ones, stuff like that. There's like three levels to it. Um, but I think we're just in a community where anything that's popular or like a buzzword at the time just becomes a money grab for certain people. Um, I bought the two open editions that I bought um, purely for the art because I thought they were really, really cool. And it was like 15 bucks for me. So I was like, might as well. Um, But I can see people buying like 30, 40, 50 of these. I don't think they actually give a shit about the art. I think they're just in it to say if, you know, this is the next open edition that's going to blow up and I'm going to make like 10 grand off of it. So um, I think the message kind of gets drowned with all the people trying to get – profits out of these things um but i think the original intention for these was just purely to you know get 
these people's art out there. And I think it's a, I, I think it's fantastic because these smaller artists usually don't have as big of a platform to kind of spread their artwork. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head too with, with we shouldn't blame the, the pure intention artists out there because you see this in cycles in this space. There's a lot of different metas to explore and there are legitimate people that want to explore this new meta with good intentions, right? But then we go through the same cycle and over. It gets manipulated and then we move on to another one. So that's where we kind of have to start breaking the mold is getting out of these perpetuating cycles that we always run into. Well, and the hard thing there is like, how do you measure someone's intent? Right, right. And, and that's and that's where we're at with it too. Like we have to get to a level where we can explore with good intent with still combating some of those ill intention with still having the capability to have some sort of success. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear a few ways. No, I got some stuff to add, but I'll I'll do it after the end. All right. I'm up. Um, so just, just real quick. Um, yeah, you know, I, I worry that, like, the smaller artists are still getting pushed out. I mean, if you have a big name dropping an open edition, people are going to flock to that first. So I feel like some of the smaller people might not have a chance to, to actually make a name for themselves. Um, and if they do, it's going to be a really hard journey um, and a long grind. And I feel like they might not get the value that maybe they need to help get their career off the ground. With that said, I think um, you're rugging a little bit. You know, I, I bought an open edition of Drifter. No, still off. Yeah, you're uh, rugging just a bit, man. So yeah, I am so, going. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you one more chance. All right, all right. Um, so what I was saying is, uh, you know, I worry about the smaller artists who might not be able to get their project off the ground um, because people are going to flock to the more uh, well-known people. Um, and with that said, though, I bought an open edition of like Drifter Shoots uh, for that same reason of like I'm never going to own a one of one of his. Uh, but he ended up minting like fourteen thousand. Um, but I was just going to hold it, you know. I'm I'm not going to sell it. Um, but it was it was cool to just say I have a piece of his artwork. Um, but that was like seven months ago, and that was before this narrative blew up. So he was definitely ahead of his time with the yeah. uh, um, with the first day out collection. So. Um, and I remember he received a lot of heat for it at the time, but like, you know, I, I think that was one where I easily understood where he was coming from with it because his one of one pieces are so damn expensive that, you know, it did make sense. He had a lot of people that were interested in collecting that just couldn't afford the other price point. So I got that, like, you know, and I it had a really cool story with it. So it made it a really easy way to be able to bring in a new type of so it made sense because it was true to his brand and true to the art um richwater welcome up i think it's your first time in one of these spaces with us um your let's see your bio says stunning 3d bottles with meaning plus art curation okay i don't know i'm not gonna dive into that but what's going on man (laughs) (laughs) appreciate you man thanks hey um yeah it is it is my first time coming in um and a surprise then, because I saw my, my bro Smokey uh, chilling here, and then uh, Doc Solana snuck on in up to co-host. I'm like, 
Whoa, small world. So thanks for bringing me in. Um, you know, with the 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 one of one thing, you know, there's there's so many points to go. So I try not to take take long. But looking from the smaller the artists that like in in that scene, a lot of the those artists they reach out about um, open editions as a way of finding, you know, some, some attractions to get some movement because it's, it's a training thing. So there's always a lot of talk about that and they experiment with it, you know, to do it um, high volume, low price and try to get some attention towards their other works if they're not moving. But then you've got the other side, obviously, that, you know, volume represents success and it's, it's, it's fucking rad when you get a few editions as a collector of... Uh, big chain piece where there's, you know, plus 10K or 14 or 20K editions out there. Um, and then you've got the shit-coined, you know, emotionless tactic of it with, with just trading also. So I think in asking the question about how do you how do you identify, you know, what's what's right or whatever, you know, however you want to leak that, it's, I think it comes down to, well, from my, my point of view anyway, what interests me is the, the dialogue of, of the artist, the, the, their story, their consistency with what they do with the creation of their art. And if you look back at their early art and you see their art has has refined or gotten better or or they've gone through a story of, of development through it and, and they're successful in whatever manner, then I think that's a person that you can enjoy investing in because essentially we are investing just in shit coins. But with the utilities, obviously, the appreciation and attachment to the creative side of what NFTs have first been really impacted with, or, you know, with digital art. So, so yeah, it's, it's the intention and, the, and the, the story of the artist who, if they continue that, that's that's where my money is, because especially when that artist dies, and if I'm still alive and there's a bag, there's, you'll be able to uh, make some great bucks back because they uh, they always do really well, unfortunately, then. But you know what I'm saying. Sorry for the dark ending. <laughs> Not a problem, man. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you uh, you jumping up here. First comment that I've got to make, man, is the freaking background music. <laughs> Bro, I don't know. That, 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 like, got me in a trance in the middle of that, um, you know, in, in the middle of your, um, you know, what you had to say. But, dude, I, I think the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this that I agree with toward this is really just being able to picture the, the true intention of it. Like, is it really about the art? You know, does the person, does the collection represent who they are? Does it seem some, like something that's incredibly authentic or does it seem rushed just for the meta of, oh man, open editions are popular right now. I need to just release something to do it. So I think that's kind of where I draw the distinction. I think that, you know, if people are being honest it's pretty easy to tell what the difference is between, you know, these collections as they're released. Um, BTC art, uh, you know, you got art in the name. What's going on, brother? Listen, I, I have nothing to say about the open edition. It, it sounds like uh, the stuff that, that, that I love on Tezos um, and everyone's free to have. But I listen, I had a dream last night. I, I got to share it with you guys. It's just going to be real quick. But do you know that PFP, or not the PFP, but like the waiting room guy who's standing in an empty pool? Like, and it's like, when? You know, he's just. No. 
I don't. I'm not gonna lie. He's talking about. No he's talking about the meme of Narco, uh, uh, right? Yeah, it's from yeah. like Narcos from Narco or whatever. Yeah, Narcos. Oh, Narcos, yeah. <laughs> Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Okay. Standing in the empty pool. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it was me, and I was there, and Frank walks up in a kimono. It was the weirdest thing, right? And then Luca walks up and he's got the head of this ice penguin. It was, and I'm like, just standing there. I'm not saying anything. No one else is saying anything. I don't know if y'all trust your dreams, but it was just, it was one of the weirdest things. Okay. And then the next thing I know, like eighties is standing on the diving board and he's like doing something with some sage or something. And then Crypto Kaleo's PFP walks up and just stands there. And I'm like, in my dream, I say, what am I supposed to do? And Kaleo's PFP says, buy beauty. And that was it. And so now, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like, when it comes to wonkies, I don't care anymore about any of the traits. I don't care about any any of it i'm gonna i'm buying beauty like i'm i'm just i'm going with the dream it came from somewhere and i'm just buying beauty and i i don't know if it'll pay off i don't care if it pays off because i'll have more beauty in my life but i just needed to share that because it was the weirdest dream i've had in the longest time and i don't know we'll leave it there peace well btcr really appreciate that story but you know the only question I have is the only thing I think is funny about it that I guess I should say is the fact that you think that that was a dream because bro, that was last night. Like <laughs> literally happened. Like literally you were standing alone. Yeah, bro. We were in ceremony last night. I giving you a hard time about like what you're you, doing. You don't remember, bro? <laughs> and, yeah. You don't remember this? Like this happened. We were deep down the rabbit hole in ceremony last night, brother. <laughs> down the rabbit hole. Um, so, no, I mean, that happened. Um, but, you know, so assuming that that's fact, let's go ahead and move on. BGF has his hand up. What's going on? Thank you guys, for clearing that up. I'm so grateful. Love. Peace. I'm having, like, fucking acid flashbacks or something. It's like, that was, <laughs> that was very interesting. Awesome. Um, one one more thing I wanted to kind of call out on uh, the open edition meta thing because I think this is kind of the unsung hero or or the piece that's being over like broadly overlooked is uh, that this whole meta is only being like enabled because of the accessibility of the tools, uh, which by far and large is manifold. Uh, what Richard and manifold have done for the accessibility like accessibility and availability of tools for creators cannot be understated like it, it, it's it's incredible the work that they've done in supporting artists to have sovereignty over their own contracts and be able to m- make more of the work that they want to make um the 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 fact that like even a year or two ago you would need to have like a custom solidity dev have them spin up your own contract hopefully transfer ownership of you if you even made it that far um and now you can basically hop on and and plug and play money legos to build your own low code no code contract um so what we're seeing right now would have never been 
you know, as, as readily available if it weren't for that. Um, but I do think like talking about kind of the burn stuff, I, a lot of people, you know, say it kind of jokingly that I'm tired of, you know, the whole thing of, oh, I got to buy 10 of them because I got to go burn this for that. And like, there's projects that have been doing this for years, you know, like it, the fact that it's now being leveraged for art is kind of the differentiator in my mind. Um, but th to me, it's, it's incredible that we're now getting to the point that the artists have the tools to, and, and are leaning in towards leveraging the tech to tell better stories or like express themselves artistically in a way that is native to the blockchain. Like, I mean, slinging NFTs as another means to sell your wares is perfectly justifiable in my opinion. That's great. Like there are a lot of digital artists that have never been able to monetize in this way before more power to them, but I'm incredibly, incredibly bullish on artists being able to leverage blockchain technology to express themselves in a blockchain native way. Yeah, man, Manifold can't be understated when it's done to the game. And we, we actually talked about that a little bit the other night where, you know, my feelings about Manifold are mixed. And I think that it's mainly because, like, I, I do agree. I think overall it is a net positive. But I think that right now it leads back to my initial frustration with the Open Edition how easy it makes it now for somebody to be able to release a project and to be able to release this open edition type of meta just takes away a little bit from some of the perceived work that you could distinguish that went into some of the projects prior to this. But even that, you know, there, there's a little bit of a mixed line because if you have a, you know, a solid solidity dev already that you're partnered with, it's not like the contracts work you know, that incredibly difficult to be able to spin up and get everything on the blockchain in the first place and release. It's just, you know, I, I think overall, I'm starting to come around to the idea that open editions, same as any other collection, just require discretion going into it as far as understanding, you know, you, you've got to do the due diligence when you're aping in that, you know, first off, understanding that if you're aping some random open edition just because your buddy said there's not really much else meta behind it, driving it, may not do the best. But, you know, some of these other legitimate one-of-one -one artists that are out there, and maybe a few random new people might pop up as well um, that are able to be successful. But, you know, for me, VGF, like the thing that you brought up that I, I really do mean, and I, I've said this, but I, like, Obviously, with the stonks being focused 100% on art, you know, that's what I've always talked about that I respect more than anything else in the space, that I think the projects that are focused on art have the greatest potential to be the transcendent projects survive through the next bull run because their tech's not going to be outpaced. Their, you know, utility is not going to be outmatched. You know, like art is art, right? Like art is something, it stands the test of time. Um so, B-Ways, you've had your hand up for a while. What's going on, man? Uh, thanks, Kalea. I agree with all, all of the previous comments. I, I kind of wanted to link BT Card's non-open edition comments to the open edition comments. Where BT Card was talking about the passion for the arts. And we're, we're all putting the blame or the onus of the open editions on the artists. But no one's looking at the collectors. Right? 
And it's like, so Jack Butcher's uh, checks um, were appreciated by, by everyone as a collector as well. But then suddenly we're blaming all the artists for kind of playing into the meta. But we are, when it comes to open editions, if it's an actual open edition, people that are collecting are complaining that it's actually open. They wanted to close ASAP. <laughs> close it ASAP, close it at like a thousand NFTs and make me money, right? So the open editions was supposed to be about the art. Like appreciate the art, minted for 0.001 ETH and appreciate the art. But if it comes down to it, people just want to make money, right? So like, I think people forget about the original intention of open editions, which is just buy it to have it in your wallet, ultimately put it in your own museum and appreciate the art. And it has quickly transformed within a space of a week, right? I mean, the, the checks were like early January, I believe. So within a space of a couple of weeks, it changed from appreciating the art to let's make money ASAP on open editions. And I think we don't look enough at ourselves and we look a lot at what is the intention of the artist, but our intentions are horrible as investors. And I think we should look much more at that than we should at like an artist trying to take advantage of a meta that is, I think, a lot of fun. So I, I would love to kind of instigate people to have a, a proper look at themselves. I've been buying some pretty funny um, open edition art that is going to be open forever, right? Think about the action. An open edition is not meant to be closed, right? If it's open, it's open. But people want it to be open for 24 hours and they want it to be open. Um, I, or they only want to buy like 23 hours and 59 minutes after it opened because they want to know how many are, are minted. And I think that's a good indication of how much you care about the art as a community. So I wanted to make that point. Um, I care, I do care about the art, but I also care about the investment. But I think 99% of the time, we're just, we just care about the money. So that's the one, one kind of link I wanted to make between the two points Dude, made. Is the Is like the middle curve, like, like right-click save argument for open edition? Like, hey man, if I wanted an open edition, I'll just go to the MoMA. Like, I'm, I'll go to a museum if I wanted the open. Is that like the middle bell curve? Like, I mean, hope, for sake of argument, thing. I would I would say that a lot of people that are like buying open editions just for the art could just right click save. Like, I think right click save is a phenomenally underutilized like tool in this space. If you really only like the art and you can't afford it, one of the values of NFTs is it's out there. Everyone can get it can appreciate the art. And that's where I distill it back to. It is, it is a token of pr uh, proving your patronage to that artist. And there are a lot of ways that that artist can then utilize that proof of patronage to incentivize, reward you. You might be able to sell it in the future for more if you're lucky um, or if, you know, all the circumstances stars align. But uh, <laughs> I think, honestly, there's a lot of people that are uh, buying open editions that could probably just right click, save it, throw it up on a big screen and be happy. No, that's true, but like that's like true with any art. I mean, it's like it's a digital versus IRL art. It, like, it doesn't actually change that much. It's like C to zero, otherwise, like you still want to own the original. So yeah, I agree with you. Like I think it's great if you can just have a picture, but well, you want to own I'm the original. Bways, I'm curious. So with the experiment of just leaving it permanently open, say that one of those really does gain traction. At that point, you know regardless of how many are ever minted is that where serial number really begins to start to become a bigger thing as far as 
the importance for the collection. So at that point, you know, if you're collecting these open editions and say that they're open forever and you supported an artist earlier, you have an opportunity there via the serial number to be able to prove kind of that you were earlier at that point. Like, does it start to become a thing? Dude, I, I, it's so funny you say that. I, I thought about it this week because of a actual edition that was going to be open for at least 80 days. I did buy a bunch early on because I thought it would matter. Yeah, I think it does. Right. So even if you have like a million, it's kind of, this is CC zero to the max, right? You have like a million minted at 0 0.001. But if you minted early on, if you can prove, which you should be able to do on the blockchain, that you minted it on the first couple of days, those early editions of the edition will be worth more, right? So that, that's why I love those kind of proper open edition. So yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I did think about it. For the last couple of days. And I think yeah, that's hey, yes. Quick question for you guys real quick. So I've seen a few spaces where I feel like they've got one extra row of speakers. Is there any way to make that happen? Because I... I could have sworn they've been maxing out at ten lately for me. Um, anytime but I, I was space. on one the other day, where I saw fifteen speakers up on. You got to know a guy, bro. Yeah, and speaking of knowing a guy, you want to throw uh, Rooster up here as co-host? I'm gonna head to bed, dude. All right, man. Uh, take it easy, eighties. Much yeah, love. Sure, I'll make I'll make Roosters the next co-host. Take it easy, man. I got about another half hour left in me myself. All right, guys. Love have a great night. Peace. Love you. Yo, what's going on, Dalio? Yo, what's going on? Yo, thanks Welcome for uh, up. popping Welcome me up. up. Yeah, how how are we feeling, Wonky? Tonight, what's going on? How's the east side of NFTs today? The, the east side of NFTs, bro. That's what I'm trying to pick up on tonight myself because I have been MIA all day. I've just been really busy, so I haven't even been able to really be on Twitter or anything like that. Like, so I don't know what's going on as far as the past 24 hours and that's what i've been trying to catch up on with tonight's space so um, i got a little update this is a little little basho update like it we got we got like whitelisted for the loud punks i i haven't really looked into it but it seems really dumb that they're selling lifetime vip passes if you buy a loud punk it's a 1.5 eth mint um i think it's going to get faded really hard because everyone got wrecked last year on, on higher mint, uh, you know, higher like original mint prices. So, um, I think a lot of people are going to paper or like not realize the utility of like getting a VIP pass for every rolling loud concert. I don't even go to music festivals, so I'm going to flip this shit to some asshole that wants to go to every single rolling loud light concert or, you know what I mean? There's going to be someone out there that, it, like, if this isn't, like, unless they're, like, really strapped for cash, I don't know why they need, I think they're going to make about $10 million. It, There's 55, 55 of them. Um, 1.5 ETH mint. Uh, the public mint's on Friday. It's not over-allocated, but it's probably going to mint out before it even gets uh, to the public mint. But you have to understand, this has only been done once before. I think it was, like, American Airlines in the 80s had a program where, like, you could just pay for unlimited flying. I don't know what the price tag was back then, but like they stopped doing it because they realized that's fucking stupid and you can't like it's nice for cash flow, but I don't know like what who thought like what marketing guy thought of that, but that guy probably never worked another day in his life. But 
Um, we're gonna buy I mean, those loud punks, and oh, I oh, think well, it's gonna... not a bad price. Like, you know, I was looking at it the VIP weekend for Rolling Loud is eleven hundred dollars. So, yeah, I guess it would pay itself off right now if you're looking at ETH at seventeen hundred. Like, I guess by year number three. No, um, no, 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 no. It's there's you can go to any. There's like seven of them. It's not just the one of my. Yeah. I think there's all of them. So it's like you can make it back in like two events like in within i think they i don't know how many they host a year but i think it is it like does anyone know how many rolling loud uh, like events there are it's a, a few. year I know Dude, they do, there's like, usually only one or two i think and then they do i know they do in thailand like they go to brazil as well they do a few places in europe and i know that at the very least they do um la and miami and um in america okay so i i think it, if i'm not mistaken it counts for all of them so technically um yeah you can make it back and pretty quickly uh you can't rent out the tickets because that would constitute a security i'm sure there people are going to find workarounds for that but um i think it's i think it's insanely undervalued and i'm like they're they're either like strapped for cash or they need like a big insurance fund for something i'm not i don't know like why they need 13 million dollars yeah i feel like um I don't know. The, the thing about that is, is like $13 million is low key a lot of money. And then off rip, right? 5,500. Um, that's like 2% of their capacity at the shows, right? I think Miami does anywhere between 210,000 and like 250,000 people um, was the last couple events in Miami. So it's really like not a large portion of their, you know, attendance that they're pretty much blocking off for it. And they're probably not expecting all 55, right, 100 tickets to be used at every single Rolling Loud event. And then also the royalties, right? Like I haven't set or I haven't looked at what they set royalties at. Um, But, you know, if they're if they're like around 10 percent or whatever and they're just trading at 2K, right, that's 200 bucks per sale that they're going to be raking in. Um, so I think the royalties is probably what they're banking on the most because um, they'll probably bring in like at least another five million over the first few months on royalties alone. Hey, Rooster and Bog, is it is it like is it full access for any events? Because like yeah, it's it's you okay. get yeah you get yeah VIP, VIP for all every single yeah. Rolling Loud event for the rest of the lifetime, and Rolling Loud is like one of the biggest music festivals. Um, in the world right now so i agree that it's also undervalued uh, i'm trying to scrape up my liquidity so i'm trying to grab two one to you know flip to some yeah. bozo and then for entry costs and then you know one to hold probably so i can just pull oh i'm over. i'm flipping them to two bozos because i'm not like i mean i'm probably gonna be the bozo but like i just don't know how long they're gonna be around man all it takes is like one terrible event to happen at a, one of those i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm just saying like if you can get 10 ETH for that quickly when people like you can do like a discounted cash flow and just literally see like wow that, that they're pretty stupid for doing for offering this so that I, i'm gonna buy if i don't get the second one on the whitelist i'm just gonna probably buy it right away i highly doubt they go underneath the floor price unless like the people like i mean i I wouldn't put it past some of these idiots in the space that just can't comprehend anything and they just buy things blindly there might be some people like that um but i'm gonna free up some eth for that uh and then flip it to some asshole who likes to like you know like i mean honestly what are you gonna do like at a concert at at a festival besides like i don't really do drugs so like 
I mean, if unless you're doing drugs all weekend, you know, like that's on you, you know, yeah, then it's probably worth, you know, it's probably, you're probably going to have a good time, but I'm just going to flip that. So shit. I peeped around so. in their discord a little bit. Um, Cause like one of the, you know, main factors that I want to look at to like kind of see how the, the postman activity was going to work is like try and gauge how many uh, people in the discord were like NFT natives and how many people were like more web two native people that just know rolling loud. Um, and it seemed like a pretty like good split, maybe even 60, 40, like non NFT people I saw hanging out in their discord. There's a lot of people like posting, they have like a channel for like people just to post rolling loud memories. And that shit was like flooded. Um, so depending on, you know, like what that allocation is, the main danger is going to be right. The NFT boys that have been wrecked for the last 12 months, right. Who are going to take their 0.2 profits on, you know, 1.5 ETH uh, just to secure their bag. Uh, so I, I'm thinking it'll probably range between two and three ETH for like, you know, a thousand sales or so just people, you know, covering entry costs and everything. Um, and I'm hope you know, I'm expecting it to move up from there. Cause like you said, I also agree that it's, you know, pretty undervalued being able to, you know, get your money's worth within like two events, uh, in one year. Um, so yeah, I mean, but also agree a hundred percent if that thing's selling for, you know, $15,000 plus, and I bought it for $2,000 at that point, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'll flip it to some bozo. Um, and buy my tickets if you know if I want to go to to VIP at that point. So yeah, I'm with you. There. You're you're probably not even gonna do that, dog. So it's like you're just gonna make the money to selling it to some bozo. Gonna make the money. Like this is, I'm gonna call this like the the bo- is what I'm about to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna call these the bozo passes, um, and I'll just sell them to any bozo that's willing to give me tennies for that. But it it'll happen. I mean, that's the thing though. Like I I think we're at that stage now. And I mean, I think the Porsche thing was like kind of silly, but I, I think they're right to be cautious. But like, this is where NF like new people new to the space that don't know how to trade or don't know anything, like they they're just like they just say, "Ooh, high mint price, bad," because they got wrecked, and now like they just can't use like those three brain cells. It's like them trying to like start a fire, like a like, caveman. It's like they just figured it out, but now it's like they don't know how to hunt for food. It's like all right, like they were so like degenerate last last cycle and now they're going to be so like cautious and miss out on everything because it's the it's just the pendulum it's the it's like the investor pendulum and and, and they're going to blow blow it and miss out on stuff like this and then they're going to tweet i'm going to start selling to bozos and I'm like i can't believe i just missed out on the the loud punks you know like i think that's going to be a thing um so I don't know. Oh, for I, sure. I, I mean, like, like, just look at the numbers, right? I mean, you got two hundred some thousand people like pulling up to Rolling Loud, right? That's buying three, four hundred dollar tickets, and there's only like fifty five hundred, right? Yeah. And then you also have the apes. They just um, dropped twenty thousand fucking monkey temple runs that are trading at like two ETH. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we keep saying bozo a lot, but we're not talking about the original entry mint, right? We're talking like, you know. It, if we're going to be selling these like at a high target, right? Like, hey, actually, I have a guy's question. Does anybody know when the have they announced the actual sewer pass reveal slash real mint yet? Like, have they um, given it? I think it's tomorrow. That? Oh, is it really? I, is it is this for like the free mint thing? It's 
the sewer pass for the oh uh, never i'm thinking of something completely different i'm sorry vga do you have any idea uh i forget i think it's still got a little bit of time left wasn't it like into february Some, sometime in february for sewer pass yeah yeah i, I want to say it was open for like 18th a, a maybe of weeks. okay so that's 18 yeah i think it was 18 this next week we've got the sewer pass coming up next month the so the yuga mint as well as blur coming up in the next couple of weeks as well so, and Gucci wow. Dagaku, which is assuming they don't wow. fucking yeah, push it back again got some reverb on their mic i'm not sure who um yeah i just pinned it i just pinned a tweet to i the, promise it's not for me everyone, for everyone that um what do you call it it, it was american airlines in 1980 they offered a free lifetime pass for $250,000, and two guys just fucking milked them so hard. I mean, this is different where you there isn't an unlimited amount. of There's only seven per year, but if you still go to all seven, you know what I mean? It's like, or you can sell the tickets to go to all seven to people. Like, you, you know, but I just, I just think it's like, I, I think this is insanely undervalued. I don't yeah, know if you saw this, but the no. they're they're banking on the twenty dollar fucking funnel cake and you know twenty five dollar beers that they're going to be taxing people. Hey guys, I I, I was going to maybe bring up the airline example, but you got to think about the the Venn diagram overlap between people that want to go to this festival and people that are in, in, into NFTs as well. So that's one one question that you should probably answer if you are investing in this thing, and. Then, I do think it's a pretty convincing uh, value proposition, but like Tomorrowland, for example, and Belgian Tomorrowland had their own uh, NFTs already on, on Solana. It wasn't quite as as compelling as this one. Like, it was only like uh, if you have the NFTs, you can get onto the onto the list to buy tickets, uh, and it was some other kind of perks and benefits. That one has not really done that well. For example, I think this one seems more interesting because it's like some sort of lifetime pass that seems like crazily um, crazily over benefited. But again, think about, you know, you might have 200,000 people per event, but out of those, if it's like 0.1% into NFTs, which is even more than the global population proportion, then you're, you have 200 people that want to buy this thing, right? So that, that, uh, it's not that obvious as it as it now, It'll be interesting to watch how that plays out, man. Um, I will, uh, you guys will have to keep me posted on it, but... Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the space. I told myself I'm working on my sleep schedule. So, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call it for now. Uh, but I'm glad I was able to get something in today. And, you know, appreciate everybody new that came up here. Um, and, yeah, you know, uh, as always, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a really interesting day. Um, I'm sure that we're going to have a lot of action in the market with the FOMC announcement so um we will see but until then take it easy y'all um appreciate everybody again good night